Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last thrower shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. We are back. We are back on a glorious Wednesday here in Chicago. Hope you are doing okay. Hope you had a fun time watching preseason week one. I know I did. Wow. The the anticipation is over. NFL season, I know it's not a regular season, but the NFL season is officially here and underway. I am just thrilled that we got this first week under our belt. Got a lot to talk about. Tim Tebow getting cut. Kind of saw that coming. Bears rookie needs back surgery. I'll get into that. Jamal Adams, big deal, making him the highest paid safety. And we'll break down this preseason week one. And no better way to start it off than breaking down this preseason week one. Oh, so much to talk about, so much to highlight. I just had so much fun watching these games. Actually, finally had the weekend off. Well, I volunteered to work Saturday, so we were able to watch it while working, though, which was cool. But, yeah, you know, you expect people when they struggle at something to go out and fix exactly what they're struggling with. And that goes for some of these NFL quarterbacks who need a lot of help, who need a lot of reps, who aren't, not even the rookies. I'm talking about the ones that have been playing in this league for a few years now, have had opportunity after opportunity given to them. And... Even with their struggles, they didn't even play in the preseason, which I'm pretty upset about. And, I mean, you're just stunning these guys. You're you're ruining them. I mean, guys like Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold, if healthy, need to be out there on the field. Need to be out there, especially Daniel Jones. How many times have I been on here and saying Daniel Jones is not a franchise quarterback? He needs all the help he can get. He has a lot of room for improvement in almost every area, and he's not playing week one preseason for at least two quarters, which the smart teams have put their young rookies in there for at least two quarters, even the ones that are going to be starting week one that already have the starting job. I know some teams are being coy and saying it's a competition, but we know Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence is going to be starting week one. We know the Jets, Zach Wilson starting week one. Justin Fields, the Bears want to say Andy Dalton, Justin Fields is playing week one. And he played two quarters. Trey Lance, who's not going to be starting week one, but will get his opportunity behind Jimmy G. He played two quarters. And then you got Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence only playing two drives, which to me isn't enough for these young rookies, especially, I mean, going from the college, college football 
NCAA college football to the NFL, completely two different games. So they need to get in a rhythm, and that's what I loved. I'll start with the Bears because I felt like the Bears, who have a track record of not doing things the right way, I thought Matt Nagy and their approach with Justin Fields against the Dolphins was the correct, absolute correct, right choice. I mean, you go out there and play this guy for two quarters, and he struggled in the first half. But then what happens in the second half? Justin Fields gets in a rhythm. He is throwing dimes. He's running the ball. He's moving the chains. Throws for a touchdown. Runs for a touchdown. He was able to get in the groove, and he threw 20 passes. I mean, that's what I was expecting to see some of these young guys. Let them air it out. It's the preseason. Let them work on the timing with, with the receivers, timing on the routes, and get a feel for the game, a real live-action game. I know it's not against starters and number-one defenses, but, heck, I, you you got you to gotta give these guys a chance to work out the kinks in live action. And I, I just... I didn't think the Jags and the Jets especially because Zach Wilson needs to be out there more. I think he's going to come in and struggle because his offense, I'm sorry, isn't as talented as the others. I think Trevor Lawrence's offense all around has better skill people. We we know Justin Fields. I mean, he's got A-Rob alone is better than any of the receivers that Zach Wilson has. And Trey Lance, I mean, the Niners offense is explosive. So Wilson's working with less and has a lot of pressure because he's in New York. And I wanted to see him out there for more than just two drives. I know he looked all right. Mac Jones, another one, the, the Patriots. I mean, uh, again, the Patriots we knew were going to do, do it right. And they played him for two quarters, and he looked damn good. And I'm, I'm known as a Mac Jones hater, but he... Showed some things that if he, he can do this in the regular season, he'll prove me wrong. Which we should do a fun little segment. Maybe we'll do that next time. Maybe before the season starts. I'll do it before week one. Prove me wrong or prove me right. That's what we'll call it. You're just coming up with things right here on the spot. See what quarterbacks I've been heavily criticizing and see if they can prove me wrong this year and let's see the ones that I've been high on if they could prove me right we'll do that before week one so that way you know we get the injuries out of the way and see who's actually starting week one I think that'll be a fun segment so here there you go dropping it here first just wait for it but going back to these quarterbacks I so much to say about Justin Fields I knew he's the second best quarterback coming out behind Trevor Lawrence. He goes fourth as a quarterback. And I, I, I listen, I wanted the Niners to get him. I thought we had the absolute, we had a franchise guy for 15 years in Justin Fields. And that's what I think the Bears got. I'm still high on that. I still think he's going to start week one. But he looked good in that second half. And even the first half, he, there was throws he was missing. But really, it was only where his receiver could make a play. The corners couldn't get to it. He has a, throws a great ball. Throws such a great ball. And then, you know, on the opposite side in that game, which I mentioned last week, I, I feel Tua needs to be playing at least a half. 
two quarters, at least. They take him off after he throws an interception after his third drive, which it's preseason, but Tua, he didn't get enough reps last year. Again, being taken in and out of the lineup with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Flores takes him out after his third drive, after throwing an interception. I mean, if I'm a quarterback and my coach takes me out in the preseason after I throw a, a pick, I'm going to be very frustrated. I'm going to I'm going to fight to get back on the field because what do you what are quarterbacks supposed to do in the regular season after they throw an interception? Put it behind them, come back the next drive and get some points. And Ryan Flores didn't allow Tua to do that. And this is part of the part of the reason why I feel like Tua is being mishandled here because he he's not getting actual he's not being able to fix his mistakes or go out there and move the chains and try and put that behind him. Now you take him out. I know it's preseason again, but after the interception, now he has to sit on the bench and think about, well, that's the last play. I'm out after that play. I can't do anything to fix that. And I felt like that's what happened with him last year. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick, because two was having a bad game, or bad couple quarters, Fitzpatrick comes in and it's a a new breath of life. And he just has to sit on the bench and watch somebody else basically fix his mistake. And that's where I think the Dolphins are handling this whole thing wrong. He needs to be out there and stay out there. It's just, you're stunning the growth at that point. And like I said, Mac Jones, he looked he looked good. I think he went thirteen for uh, nineteen. He was putting the, there was a dropped touchdown and put it right in his receiver's hands. He looked good. He looked the most poised in the pocket, at least out of all the quarterbacks. I I, I thought he was the most comfortable. He was getting the ball out on time. A couple missed throws here and there, but overall, I thought he looked good. And. We'll see what happens throughout this preseason. But yeah, I man, if if that's if, if we're gonna have five quarterbacks here hit in this draft, we won't know yet, but man, yeah, it's hard to argue that this won't be the best draft quarterback wise ever. But Cam didn't look bad himself. I know it's an open competition between Cam and Mac Jones. Belichick won't name the starter. I, 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 in this scenario, I think Cam's going to win the job and let Mac Jones learn for a few weeks. Regular season, if Cam struggles, all right, you toss this kid in and he'll be ready to go. But, yeah, from what I saw from Chase Young, too, he's going to be scary here, too. He's going to be so scary barring any injury because he looked how Bosa did his rookie year. And so we had a lot of high hopes for Bosa. He got hurt. I'm, I'm, I got a lot of high hopes for Chase Young. But back to these quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts looked okay. Dwayne Haskins, of course, everybody's going crazy. He looked good. I mean, he, just like Justin Fields, he, he hit a wide open guy that he should be making that throw. But back to Trevor Lawrence, I thought he... He was a little erratic, uh, probably those early nerves. Fields had this in his first quarter as well. They're, they're a little jitters. 
little jitters. But man, when he moved around that pocket and, and used his legs to run around, I know he got sacked a couple times. And then him setting up and throwing on a dime. He's, him and Fields have the most beautiful balls. <laughs> All right. That's what she said. But they throw the most beautiful balls I've ever seen. So damn beautiful. These guys are going to be monsters. And they're going to win day one. I, I'm still I'm doubling down on my Jags. Possibly winning that division. But coming in second place. Tennessee is not going to do it. They're going to beat out Tennessee. Watch. Mark my words. But yeah, Zach Wilson, I think, should have just played more. He, he's got to get in the groove, especially with, you know, all these guys are working with new receivers, right? They're coming from college. They've never been in these offenses. And they haven't been with these players. There's no familiarity. The guys that have familiarity are the second-year quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Joe Burrow because those teams drafted receivers they played with in college. But these five rookies coming out don't have somebody like that unless you're Trevor Lawrence, but it's a running back. You got Etienne. So I, it's just a lot of these guys need more work especially the ones that are going to be starting week one. They need all the reps they can get. And Trey Lance, he was a little inaccurate, but man, some of the throws he made were beautiful. That deep bomb on a rope, hitting his guy in stride, the ADR touchdown. What is there not to like about that? Luckily for him, he's playing with no pressure on him. Probably the least pressure out of all, all the five quarterbacks. Because everybody knows it's Jimmy's job. And and Shanahan's Shanahan never shied away from saying that. But after Justin Fields, great preseason week one performance, Matt Nagy was asked, you know, who, about the first team reps in practice. You need to be able to see, okay, um, not even so much Adam to see that with his own players because he gets some of that in practice right now. He's getting some of that, but it, but also it can be good to see what he does versus the, the, the first team defense, you know? So when you combine both of those together, that's again, kind of part of the evaluation process. So yes, I'd say a little bit of that with his own players and then also who he's playing against. So basically Matt Nagy right there is saying, Fields is going to get some of the first team reps in practice. And ding, 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 here you go. I'm, I feel like I'm going to be right here. Justin Fields is going to start week one. He's now going to be getting first team reps. Let's see how he looks against the first team. And I think he's going to light it up. Just I know it took him a little bit in that first game, as it should. You're a rookie. You're adjusting to the speed of the game. And he, he still shined in the second half. That's all. It, it, hey, every quarterback can struggle for a quarter or two, all right? As long as they finally get in the groove and they, and they start lighting up. I mean, look look at these guys who have the most fourth quarter comebacks. It, it, sometimes it takes a little bit, and, and they drive right down the field and, and get it in. I mean, look at Rodgers and Russell Wilson in their careers, Tom Brady. 
So I just this just makes me even more excited for the Bears. And we'll get more we'll get into a little bit more about the Bears. Like I said, one of their rookies needs back surgery. But I wanted to get next into that Jamal Adams deal. Jamal Adams signs a four-year deal worth $72 million, $20 million signing bonus, $38 mil guaranteed. He's the highest paid safety in the league and third highest paid on his team. Third highest paid on the team. That, it goes Russ, then Bobby Wagner, then Jamal Adams. And Jamal Adams, I mean, for a DB, he has the most sacks in his first four years, right? We all know that. He had nine and a half sacks last year. And he also has the most sacks in the NFL for a DB before his 30th birthday. And let me put that into perspective. Because Jamal Adams is, I believe, 24 years old, 25 years old. He's 25. So he's already breaking sack records for DBs before their 30th birthday. I, I like Jamal Adams. I think he is a top five corner or safety in this league. I just, he needs to be able to cover as well sometimes. And what Seattle lacked last year was coverage. They're one of the worst pass defensive teams. And that's even with Adams acquired through that trade. So, hey, they're paying their defensive guys. They want to keep this somewhat, you know, good defense intact. I think they still need a lot more help in the corner department. But now Russ, look, Jamal Adams gets paid. I think he's worth it. He gives you another dynamic. He's a great run stopper. But in a league that's pass heavy... I just, I don't know if I would have spent for this team, Seattle, the money on Jamal Adams to keep him here. But all along, we knew he was going to get signed long-term with Seattle once they traded for him. I mean, you don't give up first-round draft picks, bring a guy over and not have the intention of re-signing him on a longer deal. He's going to be 29 when this contract's up. And he should still be in his prime, barring any injuries, which he's had a little injury history. But when he's on the field, he's very dynamic and can help you in the run game. And with this defensive pressure on the quarterback, it's just unmatched. So good for Jamal Adams. Gets that bag. 72 million. That's million dollars with that extension. So, Seattle, going big. But I still think they're going to go home come January. But now that Jamal Adams is signed for that deal, there's still one guy on that team that I, I think should have gotten the deal done first before Adams because this man protects Russell Wilson. And let's see what Russell Wilson has to say about Dwayne Brown. 
I, I mean, not having Dwayne Brown out there is a you know pretty pretty significant deal uh, because I think he's one of the best left tackles in the game. You know, I just there's no arguing it. I think he's. Uh, you know, as good as it gets. There's nobody more athletic, uh, more talented than he is. Um, you know, age is just a number. <laughs> you know, uh, he's, 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 he looks like he's 28, 30 out there. You know, he's really exceptional. He's so smart and um, physical, uh, understands the game. And I think people fear him, you know, just to be honest with you, you know, when they're, when they're rushing him and playing against him. So uh, we definitely want to be able to get him back out there, you know, and, and uh, we got to figure that out because, uh, you know, he's, he, we, we need Dwayne Brown. You heard it. They need Dwayne Brown, and that's the guy who protects Russell Wilson's behind. You got to get that left tackle signed. That's the second most important position on the offense after a quarterback. And Russell Wilson being the highest sack quarterback, I believe since he got in the league, almost sacked, what, 400 times that stat in nine years? 300 times, whatever it is. It's still too much. And for one of the best quarterbacks in this league, you can't have that happen. So he, he pressures on Seattle to get Dwayne Brown done to put a bay those rumors that, well, it wasn't rumor. He gave them the list, Seattle's. He gave Seattle the list last year, this offseason, four potential spots he'd be, he wanted to be traded to. He said he never asked for a trade, but we could see a trade being asked if Dwayne Brown doesn't get signed and they don't get a deal done because for Russell Wilson, that's his guy. He knows Dwayne Brown's going to have his back, protect him better than anybody else can, and just knows Russ's game. So again, Seattle, you did a lot of damage control in patching up this relationship this offseason after it went sideways for a little bit there, a couple weeks before the Super Bowl. Well, this is a big, big test right here. Can you get this deal done with Dwayne Brown to keep Russell happy and to keep him here in Seattle? And I love that Russ applies this pressure on the Seattle organization because, again, like Green Bay, they've done nothing to really keep Russ happy and get him the protection he needs because Pete's all about defense. Well, you have the top three quarterback in the league right now. You need to make sure that he's got all the tools on offense because when Russ goes and this offense is looking elite, who cares about your defense? You were giving up so many points last year, but Russ kept you in games. And again, since he's arrived and got drafted, nine consecutive years... Seattle has had zero losing seasons. I believe they were 7-9 the year before they drafted Russ, and they've been winning ever since. So you got to make this guy happy because he, he's, he's the only guy that's really putting wins up for Seattle. So I just think... That if he's not happy, you're screwed. You're big time freaking screwed. But that's what I want. I want Seattle to be screwed. Although I do love Russ. If a I, I know Vegas was on his radar. I think Vegas, I would love to root for him in Vegas. Could you imagine if at some point you got Aaron Rodgers in Denver, Pat Mahomes in KC, 
and then Russell Wilson in Vegas. Could you imagine that? That would be the best division in football, and you wouldn't even have to worry about the Chargers. But the Chargers, that would be fun, too, because you get Herbert. So imagine all four of those quarterbacks going at it twice a year in the same division. I'm all for that. I am all for that. But Seattle, I, you just you got to get this thing right for Russell Wilson and, and keep him happy. I know you got Jamal Adams, but he, he, he's, Wilson's also willing to restructure his contract for you and help the team because he wants to win more championships. He's not satisfied with just that one Super Bowl. He wants more. And he's done nothing but win, like I said, going 12-4 and four last year. And we all saw how bad that defense was. Terrible. But Russell puts up points. <sighs> Anywho, as I mentioned, Bears rookie, Tevin Jenkins. No, already. I thought this was their second best pick in the draft. They traded up to get him. Left tackle. They traded their second, third, and sixth round picks to move up to 39th and drafted Tevin Jenkins, 39th overall. <sighs> and he had back surgery. So they're hoping he'd be back by November, but there's a big chance his season's already over. And, and that really sucks because with Justin Fields, I know he's mobile, but just like Russell Wilson, who's mobile, they need an offensive line in order to really get things going. They, the Bears signed Jason Peters. You know, we know the veteran left tackle who played for the Eagles, who's been kind of dealing with injuries. To come, they brought him in to compete for the starting job at left tackle because also James Daniels and Jermaine Effetti are also out due with the injury. So this Bears offensive line, which Kyle Long came out of retirement, but didn't want to play for the Bears, so now he's in KC. So this, this line is still the weakest spot for this offense and needs a lot of work. I thought Tevin Jenkins was going to come in week one and really be the anchor for this offensive line. But now we're probably not going to see him this season. I hope we do. Hopefully he's back by November, maybe sooner. But, yeah, it's bad news for Bears fans and that offensive line and that offense. So that's another thing Nagy does have to look at. Do I keep Andy Dalton in there behind this beat-up O-line and then just kind of ride it out because we don't want to risk a longer-term injury for Fields? Or do we just throw this kid because he's more mobile and can get out of trouble and kind of improvise on the spot? Because this, this offensive line is going to look bad, but it, it could look worse than last year's, and last year's was pretty bad. I mean, they finally listened to me and got rid of Charles Leno Jr. this offseason and released him. I thought they should have got rid of him in the middle of the season last year. He was just awful. But, you know, they got rid of him, and they seemed to bring like draft another great guy. He just he, he can't. It sucks. It really sucks. He's not going to be on the field. And ah, it's rough. It's rough. It's rough for the Bears. I, as soon as you got signed of hope, you, you get that bad news. And it's pretty detrimental, I think. We'll, we'll see what this line looks like come week one. And we'll see how it kind of develops this preseason. 
but hopefully it's a success successful surgery and Tevin Jenkins is back there. Really, I'm I'm really hoping and praying for that. Come back in November. And finally, we got the circus that was in Jacksonville is officially over. Tim Tebow trying to make a comeback in his mid 30s to be an NFL tight end. We all saw the video of him trying to block and he just completely hit the guy and fell down and looked yeah, he just did not look like an NFL tight end. He he definitely looked like a guy who's been out of the league for some time and try to come back and 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 make the team, but here is Urban Meyer on Tim Tebow. We knew that was an uphill battle for Tim, and, and uh, players loved him, locker room loved him, but uh, it was the right thing. Elite warrior, elite competitor, uh, but he's also 34 years old. Tight end position is one of those on tailback. If, if you can't contribute on special teams, that's a tough go. Yeah, and he wasn't. He was probably not going to contribute anywhere on the field. So Tim Tebow time is officially over in Jacksonville. Didn't take too long. Didn't make it past first cuts. Now Trevor Lawrence can finally have that noise shut down of Tebow mania. And now he's just got Gardner Minshew on his tails, which I think he'll be able to handle just fine. But Gardner Minshew, he, he said he hasn't taken a shit in two weeks. Because number two is not an option for him. <laughs> He's fighting for that start job. I love I love some Gardner Minshew. I think he could be a very capable starter in this league. If he gives gets the right chance. Shoot, Denver. Have fun. Go for some Minshew. Minshew and Bridgewater. Get rid of Dulac. I know Locke looked good in his first preseason game. We'll see if he takes that jump in year three. I, I, I don't feel like he will. Uh, but, again... We'll get into that before the week one. Prove me wrong, right? Prove me wrong. But, yeah, Minshew and Tre- Trevor Lawrence, I, I, th- that'll be a solid one, too. And, and the, the weapons that the Jacksonville Jaguars brought over in this offseason, I think would be gr- Minshew would do just fine if T-Law were to get hurt. I hope that doesn't happen because I want to see T-Law through this whole season. I think playoffs ride on this. But... It's a, it's a fun little competition, right? Fun little competition. But yeah, Tim Tebow's out of there. You don't have to worry about any special packages, him coming and throwing the ball. And that's just what happens, right? It, it, it's not like riding a bike where it just comes back to you. When you're out of football shape, you're out of the league, players get better, you get older, a little slower. It's going to be tough to come back and really make an imprint and be effective. It just is. You can't, again, just come back, pick it up like a bike, and, and think you're going to be an NFL starter at any position being out that long. Listen, Mike Vick came back and tore it up, but he was only gone, what, a year and a half, two years? Tebow's been gone a lot longer than that. So, good luck, Tebow, on your next event, you know, next venture. We'll see where he lands. He'll probably be a broadcaster again. He was very good at that. People love him. Love to see him. Well, that is going to do it.
for me today. Hope you have a gorgeous rest of your evening. Got work today, so that's going to be fun. But thanks for joining us. Or joining me, I should say. There's no really us. I'm a one-man show over here doing everything. But that's the way I like it. That's the way I like it. But stay tuned next week. I'll get into some more head, some new headlines. See what these guys do in preseason week two. Very excited. Like I said, this is the most hyped preseason we've had. And damn, it's been fun to watch already. And can't wait to watch the rest coming up. NFL regular season week one is right around the corner, baby. Let's go. I'm out. You have just tuned into the final play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports, it's a way of life. <laughs>